You're listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast, your new home for inspiration, family, sports conversations, and a lot of other stuff. We're your all-purpose pod for an all-purpose life and your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, baby. Enjoy the show. Hey, fam, it's Mr. You. Please enjoy this short perspective specifically for your ears. It won't take long, but I'm positive it'll hit strong. We're keeping it all the way short with the currency of kindness. You know, it's never a stretch for me to talk about relationships. I'm a self-professed big relationship guy. It's a big part of who I am and a huge part of how I roll every day, all day. If you spend 10 minutes talking to me at all, no matter where I happen to be standing, it'd be very evident to you that I'm a relationship guy. I view the world at large through the lens of connections, networks, and relationships. I've always been like that. To be honest with you, if somebody were to ask me where that came from, the only answer I can give them with a confidence is God Almighty himself because my background, how I grew up, and specifically where I grew up didn't lend to this kind of approach to relationships. As a matter of fact, it was the exact opposite of this. It was a free agency mindset, every man for themselves, do to them before they do it to you, protect yourself, be alone because you're the only one you can trust. This was the mantra and the motto of my life, day in and day out. My only explanation is that God did something in my heart somewhere along the way. I don't even know when that made me arrive at a place where I can say I'm a big relationship guy. But that's how I view the world. Can I tell you something? It really is impossible to hide a poor self-image. It's really impossible to hide a poor self-image. What does that mean exactly? A lot of folks can talk a good game, wear a nice three-piece suit, carry a briefcase, wear the nice jewelry, but that image is always revealed, that self-image is always revealed by how we treat other people, particularly the other people that we don't need anything from. It's a great sign of the kind of person we are on the inside, under the skin and the bones and the flesh who we truly are. You know, I fully understand that not everyone can be an encourager of the highest kind. I love being around them because they be kindred spirits to me. But man, is it really that difficult to be kind? I mean, honestly, maybe you're asking yourself that question right now. Don't point fingers at anybody else. I'm asking you to ask yourself today. Is it really that difficult to be kind? It seems as though being kind is viewed as a weakness, or distraction from some more important things. I challenge you to tell me today what's more important than being kind. Colossians 3 and 12 has an incredible quote that I want to share with you guys today. It says, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Put them on. How do you put on Kindness. I know when you wake up in the morning, your alarm clock goes off, you brush your teeth, you wash your face, you moisturize and all that stuff. 
and you put on your clothes, you're getting ready for the day. Those are intentional acts, though. You know if you don't get up intentionally and put on your clothes, you either be late for work or you talk yourself out of going to work or wherever you have to be that morning. It's an intentional act to get up and put on clothes, put on garments. I believe the Bible is teaching us right here that you got to put on kindness. You can't go to sleep and wake up thinking, you know what, I'm so kind. You got to put kindness on every day before you even see why you're going to need it. It could just be the commute to work. Opportunities for kindness run abound on your way to work. You can be kind when somebody cuts you off. You can be kind when somebody wants to get off of the shoulder and get into the main lane. You can let them get in. So many opportunities for kindness. So many of them. Is it really that difficult to be kind? It seems as though it's viewed as a weakness, but is it? It's an intentional effort. It requires an intentional act every single day, all the time. Put on tender mercies. Put on kindness. Put on humility. This is the essential heart of every human person. At least it's supposed to be. These days, everyone wants to be a leader and a mentor and a life coach and an authority and an influencer. And I say that understanding that I've been called those things in times past. I've done some of those things professionally. Here's my question. Do you think you need to be passionate, pleasant, and kind to serve in these capacities? We got movies out here with people who are CEOs of companies and bosses, so to speak, and think that they're more important than everybody else. And they have to be cutthroat and evil and and ruthless in order to be success, to be a success, to win in certain environments. That's so sad. And I question where that comes from. Who originated that system that requires you to act that way, to trample over people in order to win? Something for us to think about. But these days, everybody want to be a leader, a mentor, a life coach, and a boss, and a CEO of I Ain't Doing Jack Productions. I've been called a few of those terms in times past. I've been a small business owner. I've been a director. I've been a mentor and a life coach and a leader in some capacity. Most of those terms mean little to nothing to me these days. And I mean that with all sincerity. I value the experiences that I had. I value doing what I've done and the people that I was able to help. I was fortunate enough to lift up. But I'm wise enough to understand that in order to help somebody be better, you got to taste your own coffee before you pour somebody else a cup. I've met more than my share of wannabes that need their ego stroked. They need to be called certain names to let everybody know in the group that they're the boss, they're the experts. They're the big kahuna, the head dude in charge. The Apostle Paul was one of the greatest leaders we ever had in our history and responsible for the majority of the New Testament. So his words hold a lot of weight and credibility with me personally. He said, I do not want you to think of me above that which you see me do. 
If there was a squealing brake sound right now, that's where it would be. I do not want you to think of me above that which you see me do. That's credibility. That's real credibility. If I haven't been doing it, I don't want the honor for it. If I haven't been performing consistently in this area, I don't deserve the praise for this. See, most of these so-called wannabes, well, they wannabes. I'm calling them that today. They do that already, but we can do better. Better meaning do something of value. Impact lives in a meaningful way. A way that's not self-aggrandizing, that makes you look good, that puffs you up. But help somebody just because you know, even if nobody's watching, somebody's being blessed by what you have to bless them with. Leave all the influencing and all of the big-chestedness to the weak-minded leaders who boss people around, not because of a personality type, but because they haven't figured out who they are quite yet. They don't know who they are. That's why they treat you the way they do. They don't need you so their true character is revealed. Their poor self-image comes out on full display. Has there ever been a greater time in history to figure out who we are? Even in the last two years or so. Everything that has happened that we deem negative or newsworthy has presented an opportunity for us to self-reflect, to evaluate, even to grow up in a sense. Everything that's happened has been a teachable moment if you're in the classroom. There's nothing worse, in my opinion, than eating a fruit that's not quite ripe yet. So imagine a leader who's not quite ripe yet. Has some experience, but he's ready to be a boss long before his time. He wants to be a mentor and a coach long before his time. He hasn't grown in specific areas that will give him the kind of foundation and the kind of stability that him or her needs in order to be that level of leader, example, and role model. Speaking of fruits, Galatians 5, 22 to 23 has awesome quote that many Christian believers stand on and live by every day. He said, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Kindness is a fruit of the spirit. So those that say, I know God, I serve God, I love God. I work for God. I live for God. If there's no kindness hanging from that tree, everything else can and should be questioned. Because we know from this passage that God's all about that. So if we don't see it, we can safely assume that that person may not represent the person they say they do. I know the world has changed a lot. But it's still okay to earn respect. Wouldn't you say? There's nothing worse than eating fruit that's not quite ripe yet. Earning respect will cost you less, but it'll pay you so much more. Keeping it all the way short. Coach out.
Thanks again for listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for all of our full-length live episodes. And of course, if you're an audio listener, wherever you enjoy your podcast listening, you can find the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Go change the world. Coach out.